Hello and welcome to Cause Hive's podcast. I'm Ben Stevenson and today we're heading west. In particular, we're looking at the current market for construction and infrastructure in Western Australia and some of the changes that have taken place in the last six months. Um, we have with us today Sarah Leonard, a partner here in the Perth construction team. Sarah, welcome. What are some of the changes that you've seen in the last six months here in WA? Thanks, Ben. Um, There are four main changes that we'll deal with in the podcast today. Um, These are the impact of the new policies um, from the recent election of the McGowan Labor government. Um, Secondly, amendments um, to the WA security of payment legislation. Thirdly, um, the introduction of a WA building code for state-funded building work. And fourthly, um, the use of project bank accounts for state building work. That's great. That seems like there's a lot of changes happening. Um, Should we start with just a quick overview of how you're seeing the um, current trends in the West Australian construction industry at the moment? So WA has just come off um, a peak uh, construction boom boom from the mining and resources industry um, and also the petroleum industry. Uh, But it seems that we're now in the midst of a five-year demand recession. Construction work demand likely peaked in September 2013 and since then it's dropped 8% um, and is continuing to decline. That's had some immediate impacts um, on the WA industry. Um, Firstly, as funds have tightened and work has become more scarce, um, the amount of payment disputes um, and insolvencies in the construction industry has increased. Um, Secondly, uh, that has led to a lot more dispute work, um, but hopefully that will shift um, back to the front end um, over the coming years. And thirdly, as private infrastructure declines, the key area of growth is in publicly funded infrastructure, although in saying that, the iron ore price has started to stabilise, possibly leading to the next wave of capital replacement projects from iron ore miners. Thanks, Sarah. Um, That's really quite interesting. Um, The last point, I guess, makes our next topic all the more important, Um, the recent results of the state election. Um, How do you see the fallout from the WA state election in terms of infrastructure? The McGowan Labor government um, had a comprehensive victory, um, particularly in the lower house, winning 41 seats out of um, the 59 available. Um, The major change in terms of infrastructure is that um, the Labor government has um, stopped work on the Row 8 extension, which was a key policy of the previous Liberal government, and will focus instead on its Metronet Heavy Rail project. Um, The Metronet Heavy Rail project is a $2.5 billion rail project in and around the Perth metropolitan area, um, targeted to be completed by 2023. Yeah, that will be a major change. Um, the largest rail project since Perth to Mandraline was built back uh, 20, 2004 to 2007. Um, the financing of these projects is always interesting. Uh, how has the government tackled that problem? It's certainly an interesting issue, uh, particularly given the um, amount of state debt and the current status of the WA budget. Um, I understand that the uh, Labor government is looking um, to use existing funds um, and to negotiate with the federal government for the reallocation of funding that was to be used for the Row 8 extension. Um, The government's also proposing to look at a number of um, new funding mechanisms, including um, funding of $667 million from land sales along the new rail lines, um, along the new rail line, and $267 million from value capture. Value capture is a, um, a new funding mechanism um, that 
allows the government to capture the increase in the land adjacent to the new rail line um, caused by the construction of that rail line. Yes, it will be interesting to see how that financing and the negotiations play out. Now, let's quickly talk about the new building code for WA. Uh, How does it operate and what should industry participants do to comply? Um, The WA code has been introduced by the um, state government um, to ensure that its um, contractors are complying with their obligations under the law, in particular laws in relation to security of payment, um, industrial relations and safety. So contractors who are doing work for the WA government need to make sure that they comply with security of payment laws, pay their subcontractors in a timely way, resolve any payment disputes in a reasonable and timely manner, um, not engage in collusive tendering, uh, comply with IR and safety requirements, um, comply with their obligations under the law in relation to unfair contracts. The code um, contains obligations on those contractors to make sure that they report any non-compliances to the code monitoring unit, Um, and it's really important that any contractors uh, doing state work comply with this obligation in relation to both their state-funded work and private building work because failure to comply can result in an investigation um, by the monitoring unit um, and sanctions which disentitle those contractors to bid for and receive further state-funded work. The obligations in the WA Code um, mirror those in the Commonwealth Code in relation to um, Commonwealth-funded building work. Yeah, I'm sensing a bit of a, a theme here of greater protection for subcontractors. Um, another way that the government is tackling that problem is uh, through the use of project bank accounts. So, you able to take us through what a project bank account is and, and how WA has introduced them? Yes, that's right. From September last year, the WA government um, commenced a trial of project bank accounts on all government-funded projects between $1.5 million and $100 million, um, starting with those contracts based on the AS2124 form. Okay, sure. And so what exactly is a project bank account and how does it work? A project bank account is a project-specific bank account um, that's set up as a trust arrangement. Um, The way that it works is that the government pays um, progress payments due to the contractor into that trust account um, and payments that are due out of that progress payment to first-tier subcontractors are immediately dispersed to those subcontractors through the account. The money's held on trust um, by the head contractor for or the benefit of those subcontractors, and this means that um, it can't be accessed by a liquidator or administrator in the event of an insolvency. Thank you for that. Um, so moving on now to our last topic, which is security of payment, um, another one that has been introduced for more protection of, of subcontractors. Um, are you able to take us through some of those amendments and maybe the background to, to those amendments? That's right, Ben. Um, In December 2016, uh, the state government um, introduced amendments to the Construction Contracts Act, which is Western Australia's security of payment legislation. Um, These amendments um, were as a result of a review of the Act that had been carried out by the government um, and also um, the pressure um, in the WA construction industry due to a number of um, insolvencies that had occurred um, prior to that time. The amendments um, broadly uh, have the purpose of um, 
allowing lower tier subcontractors um, to more easily access their rights under the Act, uh, including an increase in the time for those subcontractors to make an adjudication application from 28 days to 90 business days, and also um, allowing, I guess, repeat or claims recycling, um, which had previously been uh, prohibited under the Act. The process for enforcing um, adjudication determinations has also been simplified um, so that leave of the court is no longer required and um, enforcement becomes a simple registration exercise. A number of other amendments have also been made. Um, the Christmas period and public holidays are now excluded from certain timeframes under the Act. Um, certainly that was a Christmas gift for lawyers. The scope of the mining exception has also been um, narrowed, which is probably consistent with the way that adjudicators were applying the Act in any event. Um, and adjudicators now have um, discretion in relation to a number of non-substantive matters, including the right to determine um, two or more disputes together and also to waive um, minor procedural non-compliances um, with the regulations. A further amendment was also made in April um, 2017 um, and that amendment had the effect of reducing the um, maximum allowable time for payment um, in WA construction contracts from 50 days down to 42 days. That amendment was made um, by the government in response to concerns um, that certain um, principals and contractors had, had payment periods that exceeded 50 days in their contracts. My name is Ben Stevenson and thank you for listening. We look forward to your company again on the next edition of Cause High Viz. This podcast is for reference purposes only and does not constitute legal or other professional advice. Its content should not be relied upon as such. Formal legal and other professional advice should be sought in particular matters.